What's going on, guys? AJ here, back again with another episode of the E1B2 Collective Podcast. Uh, I want to talk about Beyond Brand. Um, we are potentially, not potentially, uh, this is probably a, a final de- decision that has been made. We are going to take this capability in-house. Um, for those that know me back in the very beginning of this episode, you guys know my story, my background. I am creating the E1B2 Collective for two reasons. Number one, um, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, and I really want to test out uh, my perspectives and see if I can really win at an entrepreneurial level. But the second reason is if I can't, uh, and that means long term to financially take care of myself, and my family, etc. Um, along the way, I'll learn so many great things. I'll meet so many great people. I'll do so many great things that I'll be able to take a lot of tools in house. And I think Beyond Brand uh, is going to be one of those tools. So what I want to talk about, I just want to give some tangible things that have been built already around beyond uh, the Beyond Brand podcast kind of internal execution. Just rant a bit as I'm looking at this document here and, and kind of just touching things up um, at a very high level. For those that don't know and don't remember, Beyond Brand uh, is simply the following. I genuinely believe brands suck at articulating what an applicant is really potentially getting themselves into when it comes to day-to-day operations, when it comes to understanding leadership behavior, when it comes to unpacking um, you know, what they're really going to be doing from a workflow perspective, when it comes to determining if you know, the, the, the onboarding experience is going to be ideal to what they're looking for, how they handle crisis management, how they handle career mapping, how they handle rewards and recognition, how they you know, the leadership personalities, how they conduct conflict, you know, how they handle conflict, you know, um, the good, bad, the ugly, right? I want, I want applicants to understand the cultural norms. Again, the leadership personalities, good, bad, the ugly, the realities of where the company is today. I believe these companies are horrible at that when it comes to employer branding and recruiting. What I think companies do is companies create a lot of beautiful, beautiful and aesthetically pleasing content, whether that's in podcast form, written form, visual form, blogs, whatever the case is going to be, trying to excite people to join the organization. And I think that's great and I think that's impactful, but I think they bullshit. I think they don't actually let applicants know the operations, the day to day, the realities. And we can. There are certain there definitely are things that we can provide context wise to to have someone come in and kind of hit the ground running a bit faster than they would to try to figure out those things because this is what happens when you do not do that and you bring someone in thinking that everything is happy and roses and everything is perfect and then they get in there and general operations are a little bit crazy or the career mapping infrastructure of how to actually conduct a career mapping process, which is important to them, is not in place. And thus, it doesn't happen for the first 18 months or uh, the company is horrible at change management or horrible at in- internal communications. And that is a value that is so important to that applicant. And they figure these things out the first 90 days, their first 120 days. What happens is two things can really happen. Number one, if they really need the job. They're going to do the bare minimum to hold on and not get fired. And you don't want that as a as a as an employer out of your employee. Obviously, Um, you want very high performing individuals. And number two, they will just completely opt out. You will have those hand handful of employees that just will not accept that and will look at your companies as shit. I'm just going to be frank. And we'll opt out. This is not the place for me. This is not what I thought I was getting into. And we'll opt out. And you never want that to be the case. You want to be you want to be as vulnerable and as transparent as you can. And so let me kind of walk down how to bring this internal and 
and the gist of where we're trying to land. So internally, what the inevitable clear outcomes are going to be, here's the following. You're going to have a tangible format of a podcast, a blog, a fireside chat moment, a video, whatever the case is going to be, where you go over four to five major categories. I just laid them out for you guys, but I'll lay it out again. You're going to be talking about general operations that looks like decision making, that looks like change management, best practices and methodologies and principles that looks like meeting structure and design, logistics, day to day, workflow, etc. Right. That looks like going over um, organizational design, changing governance as well. Right. So that looks like how do you handle uh, crisis management? What are some of the policies that are in place that are just non-negotiables? What are some of the real life support that you do? What are the rewards and recognition that you have in place that are contextual to the employees? Then we go into leadership personalities, good, bad or indifferent. Where is it? Where is the company right now at when it comes to performance management? What are the principles they have in place? What are some of the cultural norms that are that are uh, relevant to that? Uh, the coaching and feedback. How do they go about it realistically? You know, what do they expect out of the employees, et cetera, et cetera. And then we go into cultural norms, lessons learned and ways that we are improving as a team or an organization. And so those are the four major categories that are embedded here that you as an organization, you guys need to really figure out what type of information within those four categories are you going to under unpack and, and, and provide? And you're going to do that in a podcast format. So again, the, the clear cut outcomes of conducting a beyond brand initiative and execution are the following. The podcast I just outlined, an internal communication strategy for the now and forever, right? The what, the why, the when, the how, the who around middle management, high level executives, what the role is really asking for, et cetera, right? And when I say the now and the forever, I'm talking about applicants that are getting in now. And then I'm talking about people that are actually in the company day to day, month to month, year to year, hopefully. You need to continue to do this, right? This isn't just a one-time thing where you provide these communications to the applicant to get them up to speed around where you are now. Things are forever changing from from the the mindset of executives and managers to their personalities to their to their responsibilities to their priorities and this can really help navigate an ongoing internal communication strategy that is so vital um what are some other outcomes tangibly um the the organization will clearly understand why it's vital to share internal information and data and being transparent in the very beginning and how it reflects the bottom line um you will also understand how to um, how to tangibly uh, work with executives within your company right now to really understand how to unpack these things and get and get executives to be a little bit more vulnerable and know how to communicate these things right. A lot of a lot of the things that we cover in Beyond Brand are inside of our brains, obviously, and inside the day to day operations. But the communication part of it is also very difficult at times. So that's going to be a tangible outcome. Let me walk into who will need to internally execute this on your guys' behalf. Let me walk that through. The head of people needs to needs to be the steward of this entire thing. Um, the CEO, I in a, in a perfect world, I would want the CEO to do that. And you guys know how I feel about that. I kind of think heads of people should be the CEO if they have the strategic capability to do so. But that's a whole another story for another day. Um, so for me. Internally, the head of people needs to steward this. This person will be leading the charge, acting as a facilitator, asking the tough questions, pushing for transparency and clarity. Then this person will be setting strategy around the needing uh, the, the changes that are needed, the adjustments, and they will act as a coach to the executives internally. 
So in layman's terms, you need to listen to that person. That person is Allah, is God, is the leader of this entire thing because they know a couple of things. They have the best they have, they have the best interest of the employees in mind. Like the head of people probably is someone that internally is always going to believe in kind of that employee's first mentality. Not to say that a CFO wouldn't, not to say that a COO wouldn't, not to say that a CEO wouldn't, but the head of people probably thinks about the people a lot. And so they probably have some communication skill sets, some empathetic skill sets, some emotional intelligence skill sets that are very valuable. Um, next from that is that head of people is going to need an admin. That admin, what they're going to do is this person is going to be documenting the strategy that the, that the HOP, the head of people, uh, what they're setting. That means building internal dashboards. That means slides, visuals, presenting that information to the executives. Now, I presented that, frankly, because of my own shortcomings, but there are plenty of head of people out there that have the capability to also build the, the decks, the dashboards, the slides, the, the communications in written word to send over agendas to uh, the executives and get everybody on board. But I really want to keep that head of people in a facilitator coaching, you know, verbal kind of just controlling the room narrative and, and painting pictures. I really want that person to be in a really creative state. So I would recommend having an admin next to that person. That can be an HR generalist. That can be an executive assistant. That can be a chief of staff. That can be someone internally to help them do that. Um, from there, I would like uh, all mid-level managers and executives to do the following. I want you guys to um, provide as much in-depth uh, questions to the HOP around you know, pushing back if you don't feel comfortable. I want you guys to be open-minded and, and vulnerable and willing to unpack your thoughts, your perspectives. Um, I want this, I want these individuals to really think deeply about what they genuinely believe they have struggled with in the past around communicating to uh to incoming talent or even their current talent right now. I want you to think about, and I'll you know go to these again. I want you to think about how you conduct performance management. I want you to think about how you go about coaching and feedback. I want you to think about how you go about conflict resolution. I want you to think about how you go about employee one-on-ones, even if you do them. I want you to think about your role as it pertains to career mapping and career coaching. I want you to think about how you give real-life support to your to those that you lead. I want you to think about some of the policies that you've advocated for and the reasons why you've put them in place. I want you to think about everything you think someone joining your team needs to know and needs to understand. And before I go any further, let me explain where this is coming from as well. This person, this initiative, this whole thing is not designed to, to, uh, is not designed to try to improve anything. And that's actually, that's actually phase two. Phase one of just unpacking the realities is to, at least at a bare minimum, Give the internal, uh, the incoming employees, the in, in, incoming applicants what the truth actually is. So follow with me here. Very similar to a relationship, right? Like, you know, I'm a big fan of telling your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, here's who I actually am. If you need me to improve or to work on things, I am more than willing to do that. But at least I want you to know before we go on to a second date, a third date, get married, here is who I am. 
And I believe it's respectful to let someone know that before they jump into bed with you, right? Not literally, but like figuratively over the course of a, a lifetime spending raising kids, the whole nine in relationship, right? It's the same thing when it comes to employees. If you want an employee to be your company for three years, five years, 10 years, whatever the case is going to be, I don't, I'm not asking you guys to try to be Mother Teresa over here and say, hey, we have the best career mapping program in the world. That's what, that's what you guys are doing now that I don't, I don't want you to do. I don't want you, you to lie. I don't want you to bullshit. Like the biggest thing is you can be anything you want to be here. We'll support you. We'll love you. And then you get in there. There's no career mapping structure. There's no employee coaching. You provide no one-on-one time to your employees. They've been in the company for six months. You haven't even had a thoughtful one-on-one. You have no idea where they want to go long-term in their career. You have no idea about their desired workflows. And even if that workflow is contextual to the way that they need to go about it, you have no idea. And so don't bullshit them. Let them know right now what it actually is in in the true moments of it. And then you can move forward. So that's really important in a, in a, in a piece of this that I really need you guys to understand. Um, last thing, internal employees. The role of, of, of internal employees are the following. I want the internal employees to act as an advisor to the HOP. They'll be pushing the HOP, the executives, the managers to really unpack what's actually happening. What threw them off heading into their role when they first got hired? What, um, what made them second guess if they ever did second guess? What questions uh, did they have that, that did not get answered? What were some of the frustrations walking into the role? What are some of the frustrations now? Um, what are some areas where the organization can double down on because they actually did do a great job bringing that individual onto the organization and so on and so forth? The internal employees, you want to, you want to use them as a really, really, really good source Um, They're actually outside of the HOP, in my personal opinion, the most important role and part of this organization or of this movement, rather, and uh, obviously of the organization as well. Um, And so that's vital. Right. And so let me talk about some of the behaviors that you guys need to have. You guys have got to have the ability to push hard and find the depths in the context of all this shit that I'm talking about here. You cannot BS this. If you're going to BS this, then don't even try to conduct anything that I'm going to continue to say here. Um, you also have to have the ability to create a safe, safe place with, uh, with your counterparts to push hard. So when you're talking to the, these employees, create a safe place. Say, look, Andrew, look, Derek, look, Sarah, I need you to tell me how I fucked up. I need you to tell me how I was a horrible leader. I need you to be vulnerable and transparent and honest with me about what I could have done better for you so the incoming talent doesn't have to face those things so that you have incoming support teams so that you have internal, um, so you have incoming um, talent that doesn't have to deal with those complexities. Um, Another thing, you know, I need you to unpack and understand and connect with the softer, softer emotional variables of this. This is a very emotional exercise. There is not a lot of things that are tangible that you're going to be able to hold on to. These are very high level, you know, emotional EQ kind of communication type type exercises here. And it's important and it's valuable to do these things. And it's important. And I need you to be open to that. Um, The last thing, the founder, I need you to agree that unpacking the non-black and white context, the Um, the emotional variables, I need you to agree and to understand and commit to this, the following doing this will create better tools, create a more human culture, create better hiring capabilities, 
and inevitably make you more money because everyone's going to be much more productive and moving forward, you're going to be able to be more aware of what your shortcomings are. So you'll be able to continue to tweak and change and and conduct things in 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 a more efficient light. So those are a couple of things there as well. Um, and, and let me see, let me give you a couple of problems that you're solving. Actually, there's a couple of problems that you're solving. A couple of problems you're solving are the following. Um, and this is just some data that I pulled off. Six out of 10 employees say that the, the, the job that they walked into, this is not what they expected. Thus, it leads to a decline in employee happiness and engagement. Um, in incredibly high levels of turnover. Um, leaders and new hires often struggle communicating due to a lack of understanding of how one another, you know, appreciates consistent communication and feedback. That's a huge one. Like that is a very, 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 very big one that a lot of people don't want to talk about that this uh, initiative would help solve. New hires are feeling like they don't fit into the current culture. This is another thing. If you're explaining to them what the realities are, they can opt themselves out. Um, and then cutting down on time to hire metrics and cycle, right? Doing these things will cut down on that time. You don't have to go through the dancing around process. You will be able to opt out a lot of people. And then those that you're opting in will have a really good understanding of what it is you're getting into. So they're going to be much more engaged and much more open throughout the interview process. You'll probably get better answers. You'll probably get to know that person a lot better. Um, so those are a few uh, those are a few uh, problems that that's an, that this initiative is solving. Um, let me get into. Let me see what else I can get into. because I gave you guys a lot here. I'm trying to figure out what else I can get into. Um, what I'll what I'll get into is the last two things. What I think is really important. Who is going to execute this? So, again, you guys know who's going to be involved. But again, going back to that HOP around leading this initiative. That HOP has to be the one that's actually driving this whole thing, right? So what this looks like tangibly is I would recommend sitting down over the course of four 90-minute meetings and unpacking all of those four categories. And that HOP is going to prepare a lot of different questions for, for you guys to go over. I'll give you maybe one or two examples of some questions here. Um, to some employees that may or may not get it, what would you say is the toughest part of executing general operations that at times would lead to confusing, stressful, or difficult times as employees. Break a few of those down for us so that we can improve our processes and our empathy. That's a question that an HOP would actually ask one of the employees. Let me give you guys another one. Um, Are you guys thinking about, and so this is the HOP talking to the executives, are you guys thinking about making any significant pivots with your current overall day-to-day operations infrastructure? or day-to-day systems? What can new hires expect within the next six to 18 months around these things, right? Is it more of the same? Are there new processes coming? Again, this, these are questions that you would be asking to prep them for questions, these exact questions that you would be asking in the form of a podcast. So the inevitable outcome looks like this. What you wanna do is you wanna go through these four categories and come up with probably three to five questions per category that you guys talk about free form in the form of a podcast. Because what you, what you want is when you record that podcast, when you're answering these questions, you want to find a way to connect it to your ATS so that when someone applies, they get an email with this podcast. Let's say it's 60 or 90 minutes, but it's broken down into five to seven minute segments based off of the category. So they'll see the title, they'll see the question that was asked, and then they'll hear the exact answer. So 
let me just close your eyes for a moment if you're listening and really visualize this. An employee uh, fills out the application. Immediately they get an email. And the email header says, or one of the categories says, how we handle career mapping. That's literally what it says, how we handle career mapping. And then it's a four-minute rant of the HOP guiding a conversation with internal executives and managers around in the moment right now. In the moment right now, how is career mapping being handled? And they have that conversation and they unpack that. And the applicant is listening to that. And so to get to the punchline here, and I'll probably make a part two later, you want these employees to be listening to all of this data in the form of the podcast before they even go to the interview. Because once they actually get to the interview, they'll be able to have a much more empathetic, contextual conversation with you. Will they be able to be either super engaged ask questions to double down on the data they heard to see if there's any flexibility there. And now you can really get an understanding of where they're at as well to see if you want to bend, mold, shift a bit to their context, or if the both of you guys figure out it's just not a good fit and you want to opt out or you want to opt in. So the point of this is both parties will now have a lot more data, a lot more information on each other that we all can admit is very valuable and very impactful. So um, yes, that is the beyond brand internal execution strategy. Um, I was about 20 minutes here. So listen thoroughly. Let me know your thoughts and we'll continue to talk guys. Thanks a lot.